This is a podcast from Minute Media. And this is the Cincinnati, or I always screw up the intro. All right, let's try that one again. This is the Back Row Cincinnati Bengals show, all brought to you by fansided.com. Go over there, check out my blog, check out all of our writers' blogs. They got great stuff. And today, we are previewing the Bengals playing in the Super Bowl. We're previewing the Bengals playing in the Super Bowl. And who else would we rather have than one part of the very popular Tigers Talk podcast, the last member of the Tigers Talk podcast to come to the come to the back row? It is Kay Swabs. Kay, how are you? I'm doing good. How are you? I am feeling phenomenal. I, I just again, like throughout my whole work week this week, it's been Bengals everything Spirit Week. We've been able to wear whatever we wanted, but it had to be a Bengals theme. And it's been it's been incredible to see orange and black scattered throughout the entire city. Are you seeing the Bengals hype train start to really build up and you're seeing a bunch of Bengals gear everywhere you go? Yeah, I mean, everywhere. Everyone's saying who day. I mean, I left the office and everyone was like, who day today? Because I I took off tomorrow Um, and (laughs) yeah, got to prep for the weekend. But yeah, even at work people who are all over the country or you know they know we're in cincinnati and they'll be like who day they'll like say that in their emails and i'm like ah it's <laughs> exciting so it's incredible it seems but it, one of the things is that from the super bowl it seems like the entire country is behind the city of cincinnati and behind the Bengals. and you kind of thought that just by like interacting with people on twitter and uh you know going through it seems like the the entire country wants the Bengals to beat the rams yeah, I'm. I agree. This that the, and it feels so odd to say that the country wants the Bengals to do good because I don't think that's ever happened once. I mean, national media narrative is we're a bunch of clown shows, but obviously, you know, a clown show doesn't exactly make the Super Bowl. So, right, right, yeah. So, okay, obviously, out in LA, we're playing a, a basically an away game, but it seems like there's going to be a really heavy Bengals. Uh, presence over in LA. Were you ever thinking about making that that trip on over to LA? No, unfortunately, I knew early on it wasn't in the cards for me. I have a you know a nine month old daughter, and mm-hmm. yeah, and it's my birthday weekend, so I would. Hey, happy yeah. birthday! <laughs> I, I I gotta say, with my family, I couldn't just like ditch everyone, <laughs> even though it would have been a pretty cool birthday. I uh, yeah, I knew early on that. I wasn't going to be able to go. So what are you going to do for the Super Bowl then? What's 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 the plan? So my husband is throwing a Super Bowl party and I am just attending because I told him I didn't want to plan anything. So he's doing all the party planning, setting it up. I just get to show up and have fun. So all of our friends, most of our families coming. So it'll be fun. It's it's gonna be yeah it would be fun but I feel like once you once the game starts you're gonna you're not even gonna realize that they're there you're gonna just pretty much be locking in yeah and just focusing on every single play and not watching your swearing when you know when you have uh, grandma around because you know I, I know I'm that I'm not I'm letting the expletives fly no matter <laughs> who's there um, so let's get down to the game here Bengals versus Rams you, you look uh, let's start on the offensive side of the ball you got the Bengals offensive line. Versus the Rams defensive line. That seems like where that's the big matchup. It's going to be decided in the trenches. Obviously, you got Aaron Donald and you get you got a great Rams defensive line. What do the Bengals have to do in order to stop that rush? 
So the interior has just got to show up and play like, I mean, they've got to play the best game of their lives, yeah. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. um, Aaron Donald is arguably the best in the league. Um, yeah. I would say, um, but the interior and then, I mean, obviously the tackles too, the whole line has to play well, but especially both guards and Trey Hopkins really need to show yeah. up and go out. Do you think the Bengals are going to attack the air early on, or do you think they're going to go to the run game more, try to lighten up the the uh, the pressure? I mean, I would like to see them air it out early, but it seems like throughout the playoffs, it's been run early and often. So, right, right. yeah, it, and it, it seems like that the one of the things that the Bengals have been trying to do this entire playoff run is control the game and control and have that ball in offense for a long time. So I think that's going to be one of the biggest keys is it keeping that defense out there to wear that really, really good defense down. So, but when you're, when you're able to do that, then this, you know, it starts to get a little bit easier and easier. So I do think I'm, we're going to see a lot more running and uh, especially in the first part of the Plus game. Plus it keeps the ball out of Matthew Stafford's it does. hands. That's yes. huge too. Yes, yeah. it does. So you look at advantages and disadvantages of each team. I want to talk about that. You look at the quarterback, personally, and I think pretty much all around the country, everybody's saying Joe Burrow is the much better quarterback. So how do you feel about Burrow versus Matthew Stafford? I mean, obviously Stafford has more NFL experience, or and he's older. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, I obviously like Joe because he's mm. our guy. But right. I, I, I genuinely think he's so smart and he's so – I mean, he's so good under pressure, and he's so good when he gets hit. I I mean, I'm betting on Joe every single time. Yeah, right, I, I, and I'm with you on that in, because I feel like a lot of the of the narrative on Joe is that he's real cool, calm, and, and focused and poised, and he is, and he's really confident. Uh, but sometimes it's, it's kind of selling him a little bit short. He really is a great quarterback. His decision-making is impeccable. Uh, his accuracy is pinpoint. It, it's, and, you know, he doesn't have the strongest arm in the league, but it's still a great arm, and he can really sling the ball down the field. And I do think he's better. I mean, I, Matthew Stafford can throw interceptions. We've seen him before. Honestly, the Rams shouldn't even be there because he, he threw an absolute duck to the rate, to the uh, 49ers defense, and it should be the Bengals 49ers round three, honestly, in my opinion. But Well, and they were lucky. I won't say lucky, but the Tampa Bay Buccaneers almost mm-hmm. came back too. So, I mean, we've played in close games as well. So I don't yeah. want to like take anything away from their wins. Obviously they deserve to be in the Super Bowl. Right. But yeah. um, yeah, I mean, there's been close moments for them too. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. It, you mentioned, right. Yeah. The, the Rams have had many close moments and especially in the playoffs. And in, during that Tampa Bay game, you saw a lot of mistakes happening. You saw that one snap go over Matthew Stafford's head. And then again, in the Niners game, you saw Matthew Stafford throw a lot of really you know, he probably balls that should be intercepted. What are some of the weaknesses in the Rams team overall that the Bengals can exploit? And, and where do you think the Bengals are really going to take their shots at? So I think that some of the things that they need to focus on is just getting pressure on Matthew Stafford. I think mm-hmm. that Hendrickson and Hubbard are going to be and BJ Hill. And, um, and also I think that linebackers are going to be super important for this game yeah. on the defense. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think on that defensive side of the ball, that's where we're go- we're going to have to probably bring a lot of pressure, and you're going to see a lot of pressure uh, coming on to Matthew Stafford. And do you think we're going to be blitzing a lot more? Or do you think we're going to try to take away that middle part of the field and try to drop eight into coverage um, like we kind of did against Kansas City? 
I think we'll see something more similar to what we did against Kansas City. Okay. I mean, I could be wrong, but yeah. um, I I think Matthew Stafford's pretty good against the Blitz, isn't he? Oh yeah, no, yeah, he's a he's a I mean he's a quarterback that's in the, that's in the Super Bowl. Yeah, he he oh, yeah. he's very good against the Blitz, and you know we are going to have to you know again kind of control that, especially when you got guys like Cooper Cup and OBJ in you know their wide receiving core. Who, you know. It's good, but I don't think it's as good as the Bengals' ride receiving core. Yeah, uh, yeah. I was gonna say, how did, would you compare the offensive weapons that the uh, Rams have compared to obviously what the Bengals have? I mean, Cooper Cup is incredible, and right. OBJ is great. I mean, we're not taking anything away from them, but I mean, if if you look at like if we listed out all of our weapons and listed out all of their weapons, I would take you know the Bengals every. Mm. For me, every single time, I mean, I think that, yeah, Cooper Cup is amazing, but we have Jamar Chase, and we have T. Higgins, and we have Tyler Boyd, and we have CJ, and we have Joe Mixon, and I mean, yeah, yeah I mean, Cam Akers is not Joe Mixon. <laughs> I mean, I don't think so, yeah. No, and I know he fumbles the ball sometimes, but I mean, he's solid, and he's really young, but um He's he's not Joe Mixon. <laughs> the very very few running backs in this league are. We're really we're really lucky to have him when we when he fell in his draft class. But then uh, another, it's going to be amazing to watch. Uh, I mentioned it on Strawberry Ice's show yesterday. It's going to be amazing to watch the game, the chess match between Zach Taylor and Sean McVay. I think that's where a huge portion of this game is going to be figured out. And one of the things that the Bengals do so well is second half adjustments. Uh, do you think Do you think that Zach Taylor has the ability to outcoach Sean McVay in this game? Oh yeah, and I mean, I think I. I mean, I'm not even hesitating. I think that Zach Taylor has learned so much since he was um, with Sean McVay, just because of you know, some of those losing seasons, I think you learn a lot during losses and you've, he's learned a lot this season. I mean, you can see it. I mean, we're some of the best second half adjustment teams in the, I mean, out of yeah. everyone. Um, it's, you saw it against Kansas city both times. You saw it. I mean, you saw it, you see it almost every week of the second half of the season. Mm -hmm. So um, no, I wouldn't be surprised at all if he outcoaches him. And I don't know if that's spicy, but I think it's, it's going to happen. It's a li I think it's a little spicy for anybody that's not within the Ohio area or following the Bengals closely. It's a tad spicy, but I think for you and I, it's pretty bland. I think that's a Yeah, no, I, I think that Zach Taylor can do that. I think offensively, Zach Taylor has a better mind for the game. Maybe not so much play calling, but just for controlling the clock, the flow of the game, how to use his timeouts. I, I think... Zach Taylor gets the edge in that one. So I, I do, I'm with you on that, that I do think Zach Taylor can outcoach Sean McVay. I want to look at this Bengals team altogether. So through this entire year, this is a Bengals team that has really captured the hearts of the city and the fan base. And really, I, I watched this connection between the fan base and the organization grow to a point that I've never seen it before as as a fan have you noticed a, a bigger bigger connection between this fan base and this organization oh yeah i mean it started with like the ring of honor and like all of the stuff that they've added with more engagement with us i feel mm -hmm. like we have more we feel more of a personal connection to the team because of those things right. um, that have just been added this year and it it doesn't hurt that we're winning so. right yeah absolutely 
So were, were you able, I, I kind of want to keep going off on this. What, how many games were you able to make this year? Were you able to make all of them or, or did you have a, or which games were you able to make this year? So me and my dad have season tickets. So oh, awesome. for the home games, I think the only one I missed was the Cleveland game, which I wasn't that was a good super, one to miss. Yeah. My yep. little brother went with my dad for that one, but okay. um, the rest I was there for. So. Okay. So that, yeah. So you saw this year, um, for, you know, you saw this fan base get bigger and bigger. This is probably the best crowds I've ever seen at Paul Brown Stadium. Would you agree with that? Oh, yeah. I mean, it started that Minnesota game was like electric. And I was like, this is already a different feel. This is already a new season. Mm-hmm. For me, I felt like that was when I noticed the change was yeah. that game. Yeah, it, absolutely. And you you saw just the connection from this fan base into this team. And we've been criticizing it for quite some time all of it being fair. But yeah. the reason we're criticizing it is because we love this team and we love this organization. We want to see it succeed. That's why we criticize it because it's frustrating when they don't. But now when they do and they do succeed and they are doing the right thing, uh, the Bengals fans show out in, in droves and, and you know people come in from all over the place. And it, it's really great to see. And one of the things that was greatest to see was this community on Bengals Twitter the Bengals community as a fan base and as a whole come together every single Sunday and talk to each other like you know we're we're just great friends watching a team have you noticed this 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 family like atmosphere among the fans and among Bengals Twitter oh yeah I think Whitney um Bengals Whitney said it best when she coined the term fam base (laughs) yes she nailed it that's it yeah I mean, that sums it up perfectly. It's it's a close community, and it's been so fun this season. Mm-hmm. So you guys started Tigers Talk uh, this year. So that, I believe, I've been told that's Jess's brainchild. And uh, you guys have been growing ever since. And it's really been a, a great meteoric rise uh, to watch. And to watch Bengals, or, you know, people from our community really grow and succeed. And it's really fun. You watch across the fan base. I mean, there is content all over Cincinnati Twitter. You got Tigers talk. Uh, you got Bengals gyms talk. You got, you know, strawberry ices, which I'm on quite a bit. And you got Cincinnati jungle. And, you know, it, it's it's really uh, amazing to watch. And if you're looking for content, there's no, you don't have to yeah. look far on Bengals Twitter. <laughs> besides Tigers talk and besides, besides back row Bengals, obviously, who is your go-to podcast to listen to when it comes to Bengals football? It could be professional or bandmate. So I love the Locked On Boys. Um, mm-hmm. yep. I think they're so fun and great. I also like the athletics. Um, hear that podcast growling with mm-hmm. um, Paul and Jay. They're fun. And I'll do one, one more. I like the Oranges of the New Black. Um, yes. Ace and Zim. Yeah, Ace and Zim. Yep. That seems – yeah, the, and uh, Ace and Zim are, are getting some big airtime down in L.A. How cool is that? One of, one of us is, is making it. Yeah. That's so cool. And, and, you know, it's only this is only the beginning. We're going to start seeing more and more of this because, you know, we grow as the as the team does. But again, uh, one of the things that I see is is other shows helping each other out and, and having each other on. You know, again, I, I've had the the graciousness to have all four of the Tigers talk ladies onto my podcast. And it's been great every time. And it's we get great numbers. So I get very appreciative to that show and i really appreciate it thank you yeah it's such a good community because i feel like we all really want 
all of each other like to succeed. I mean, mm-hmm. I think that we all want everyone to watch everything Bengals related because we're all obsessed and mm-hmm. love this team and yep. want to consume every bit of information that we can. So it's yep. fun. It's been Absolutely. fun in that way. Yeah. So do you, I don't know if you want to reveal the plans yet. Does Tyrus talk have plans for after the season is over and is it going to continue next year? Oh, Tigers talk is not going anywhere. I yeah, think we, <laughs> let's go. we have become so close and have so much fun doing the show. Like it's been fun connecting with other people, but it's been fun just connecting the four of us. So yeah, we're not going anywhere. There'll be a season two. There'll be an off season. I'm sure. So awesome. So let's, let's look towards the off season. I know we got a lot to do. We got a lot to talk about the Bengals Super Bowl, obviously, but I want to take a look towards this off season. Now, when you look at the draft, many are saying offensive line, offensive line, offensive line. However, when we are drafting number 32, which we will be drafting number 32 because we're going to win on Sunday, um, I'm looking on the defensive side of the ball, and I'm looking at cornerback. I'm looking at grabbing a mainstay on this defense, and it seems like I've gotten a, a little back and forth about that. How do you feel about going defense with that first pick and yeah. fixing your offensive line somewhere else? That's exactly what I'm leaning towards now. It's so early and mm-hmm. I don't want to like lock myself in anything, but I think that's exactly where we, I would love to go with cornerback in the mm-hmm. first. Yeah, but we'll see. But yeah, that's uh, where I'm leaning. I think it is a, I think it is a fever dream to believe that Ahmad Gardner is going to fall to the Bengals, which would yeah. be amazing to keep <laughs> him in the five, one, three. That is my ultimate dream, but maybe we'll get Kobe Bryant. Maybe we'll have Kobe drop all the way, but. Uh, I'm with you on that. And I think we could fix our offensive line through free agency. Now, another thing with free agency, a storyline that's kind of popped up is Gronk, Rob Gronkowski, the surefire Hall of Fame tight end, has mentioned that if he was to play with another team, it would be the Cincinnati Bengals and Joe Burrow. How do you feel about bringing Rob Gronkowski to this already high-powered offense next year? I love Gronk. I would die. I would be so excited. Um, I think him and CJ would be the most hilarious tight end room in the entire league. And I, yeah, I would, I would love it. Everything do you think it's it. actually, do you think it's actually a real possibility that that happens? If we can get him to a one year deal, I don't, we have so much cap space. I don't see why mm-hmm. we wouldn't. Yeah. Um, I think we'll definitely retain um, CJ. I don't see him going anywhere, but I don't think that building that room is something that would be bad there's plenty of opportunities for both of them to shine and both sure. receiving and blocking mm-hmm. and joe's gonna provide lots of targets for both of them so yep. why yep. not <laughs> yeah i i agree and then you you so you look at rob gronkowski coming out and saying i want to play with joe burrow and, and i want to play with the bengals and it shows this change in narrative that guys are going to want to start coming to cincinnati to want to play with Joe Burrow. Do you think we're going to see a lot of free agents giving the Cincinnati Bengals a call? Oh, yeah. I think that I think it's already started. Look at the free mm-hmm. agents we've already acquired. Everyone went yeah. to Jeff Ruby's and with Joe Burrow, and then they were on the team. So. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> I mean, that steak is delicious, obviously. So, I mean, it, yeah, I got to say, Jeff Ruby is probably one of the best recruiters that nobody's talking about. He is a great recruiter. He brings oh, a lot of sure. guys in. He's He's like three for three with uh, Hendrickson and, and Riley Reef, and we're really missing uh, Riley Reef out there this week. And, you know, offensive line is going to be a, a major, major portion of it. And we kind of talked about it with how they're going to scheme around 
Aaron Donald. And again, like I said, I'd love to watch them get that running game going, maybe some screen passes, really lighten up that pressure. And, and hopefully we can do that. I want to flip to the other side of the ball here. We talk about defensively. So uh, I know we're kind of going back and forth. Back row, on the back row show, we're all over the place. We, I have no, I, I never start with any notes. So if you've watched any of my show, you know we, we kind of go all over the place. I have no set path. But anyway, <laughs> back to the defensive side of the ball. you got to look at who's going to be lined up over Cooper Cup. Uh, many in the national media and around Twitter that don't really know are saying Eli Apple is going to line up over Cooper Cup. That's probably not the case. Who would you like to see most uh, lined up one-on-one with Cooper Cup? I mean, Cheeto would be who I would obviously mm-hmm. want to see the most. I mean, I think I think we're going to see more than one person. I don't think yeah. we'll just leave him out by himself, like one-on-one with people often. I don't think we should because uh, yeah. Cooper Cup is great. Yeah, um, he is. <clears throat> but I think we'll see, you know, I think we'll see a couple people at him, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. It, it's it's probably going to scheme around something like that with Luana Rumo's, you know, his, his rise from last year to this year. And I was a guy that was not a fan of Luana Rumo. He suffered when he was at UC. So I was having some, you know, bad, bad, you know, vendetta against him. But he's really, really shown out. And he's really had – if there was a comeback coach of the year award, he would get it without – well, maybe Zach Taylor would. But – he would get it without a doubt. How do you feel about Luana Rumo's uh, transition from last year to this year? Yeah, I was so skeptical. Um, I thought he was on the hot seat. Like, I didn't necessarily think Zach was on the hot seat yet, but I mm-hmm. thought, oh, if this goes badly with the money that they've spent on the line, I don't know about Lou. And he shut me up. Like, yeah, <laughs> this is <laughs> first right I'm... here. Yep. Yeah, I mean, he's great, and I hope that. Now I'm worried that someone's going to poach him to be a head coach soon. So, yeah. He's had a couple of interviews here and there. He's had a couple. But but with that, when your coaches are getting interviewed, you must be doing something right. Yeah. Um, so then let's, let's, let's shift over to the rest of the coaching staff. How is the rest of the coaching staff? Again, 6-25-1 and one in their first go-around to now the Super Bowl. Uh, how have you seen this coaching staff evolve over time and, and evolve and – and, you know, become this team that is terrifying to play. Well, I think we have to sing the praises of Frank Pollock for Mm. sure. I mean, he has really, the guys, he's just, I can't say enough nice things about Frank Pollock. And, Mm. I mean, the running game, the O-line, it's like, mm, Um, Perfect. (laughs) Perfect. Yeah. Uh, Simmons' team, uh, special teams is always so solid we've had we had a little rough spot in the middle with all those mm-hmm. uh, we don't need to talk about yeah. pick returns and punt returns yeah, but, we, we're gonna we're gonna move on past that <laughs> but evan mcpherson i mm-hmm. mean he got his guy and oh did he get his guy i mm-hmm. mean we're not when we're go- playing in the super bowl we can't really slam too much about those things every team has things to complain about but sure oh i mean simmons has been great for years and yeah, the co- whole coaching staff. I think being able to gel together and have, you know, more than one year together and mm. have the full, you know, training camp and um, experience and get to not meet each other at the Senior Bowl for the first time and yeah. being able to have Frank, who's worked with, you know, 
having him come back into the fold, it's just been, you know, magic. It's been lightning in a bottle. I mean, you couldn't have scripted it better. So Senior Bowl to the Super Bowl. I mean, who would have yeah. thought? A uh, quick reminder to anybody that's watching on Twitter, again, greatly appreciate it, but if you want to join in on the conversation, go over to the YouTube channel, the Back Row Cincinnati Bengals Show on YouTube, and you can comment, live comment, and just like how they do with Tigress Talk, and you can join in on the conversation, ask any questions or anything uh, that you would like. So anyway, but, but back to that, uh, I want to now go to the locker room. I got to say, out of my 23 years of existence and watching this team very, very closely, I got to say, this is my favorite Bengals team I've ever watched. Would you agree with that? Or was there another team that is, you know, that still sticks in your mind as your favorite? Oh, this is my favorite for sure. Um, mm. There's been teams that have been very near and dear to me. Um, but this is this is just something so special. I, Yeah. 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 You see it. It's the, the locker room is just amazing to watch and be a, be a fan of they're fun to watch they're they're great guys it seems like they really do pull for each other you watch it in their play that they're playing for you know the the name on the front not the name on the back and it, it's 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 something that you just you don't see in the city of Cincinnati you don't see that in the Bengals organization but they finally got this locker room with a bunch of dudes uh, dudes that know how to win and know how to be there now, I want to go to, obviously, the specific players in the locker room that have helped shape it to what it is. Now, obviously, we could talk about Joe Burrow all day long, being Joe Shicey and Joe Cool and bringing all these guys in. But if you had to ask, like, Joe Burrow's not even there, who on the lo- in the locker room do you think has had the biggest impact on the rest of the team? So, I mean, Joe Mixon is everybody's hype man. Um, Mike Hilton always brings such a positive energy. Obviously, CJ has, you know – speech after speech that just like i want to watch it 500 times in a row it makes me want to run through a wall (laughs) i mean dj reader it's just it's almost the whole team it's hard to pick you know specific people but yeah yeah those are some of the names that i think really define our culture yeah absolutely yeah those guys joe mixon I, i think is another one that doesn't get enough credit for what he has done for the locker room he's lost a lot being in this team and he's really he's stuck there he he's never once like you know spoke out of term or spoke like in a way that was attacking to other players or the organization he's really kept his head down and, and kept working and he deserves a ton of credit for that i want to jump over to now the last uh what day was it what day was the pep rally monday monday we we'll go over to monday were you able to attend the pep rally no i didn't get oh to no <laughs> Oh. I know, but it looked awesome, and I'm so happy that so many people turned out, and it was free, so it was accessible to so many people. It looks like a fun time. I'm definitely having FOMO. I wish I would have been there, but uh, no, I wasn't able to go. Yeah, so the way when I I got to the, the rally and was able to to be in there with, you know, 30,000 of our closest friends, um, it, it just showed what the organization has done right this year and how they have uh, really stepped up their game in terms of, you know, fan engagement and togetherness. And it goes back to what I was kind of talking about with the fan base. Um, but it just, it, it showed this togetherness and I kind of lost my train of thought. What was I talking about? Oh, the fan rally. Right. And uh, so you look at the organization, 
and you, you've seen them do so many different things this year. What are some of the things that the organization has done this year that doesn't have to do with football on the field, but with everything else that goes into it that you've noticed a big change in or, or, or something that really that you just love having in our in your organization? So the Ring of Honor, the Ruler of the Jungle, mm-hmm. I mean, Elizabeth Blackburn just deserves so Kill much, it. yeah, so much respect. And- the Stripe Squad. Oh, yeah, for sure. (laughs) I mean, the whole game day experience, to be honest, it feels night and day to what it was. To me, um, it's just been so much fun. And all the Twitter engagement and, Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, the yeah one thing is massive, the social media game is is probably the best in the league, I got to say. Again, and it goes to this community of Bengals Twitter that is got, I'm pretty sure we were ranked number one. There was a ranking out of uh, Twitters in the NFL. I'm pretty sure we're number one. And we were able to eclipse 1 million followers too, which was huge for, for the brand and for the national brand in Cincinnati. And one of the things that was asked to Joe Burrow during his uh, presser was a guy from Ireland who said, you realize that there's a giant, Bengals community in Ireland. I never knew that. I, I never knew that there was a Bengals presence in Ireland. Did you even, did you know that? I, I think someone said it in the comments and Tigers talk just yesterday, last night. And that was the first I had known about it, but I know that we have German fans and lots of fans in the UK. So I'm not super surprised. I'm sure that we're like, you know, international in the true sense of where we're in every, probably almost every country. Mm. But um yeah, it's crazy. I don't know how it would feel to like know that you have fans in almost every country, but yeah, when you when you're I'll, I'll tell you this, when your pep rally has 30,000 fans and the opposing team has like 300 fans, that's a great <laughs> great feeling as a, yeah. as a, as a as a fan of this organization. So let's let's we're going out to LA. This is what we're doing and we're going to play the Rams inside of their home stadium. Do you think that there's going to be any effect of playing inside of SoFi on this Bengals team? Um, I don't think that it's necessarily like a home field advantage, but I definitely think that there is a certain advantage to um, not having to travel to being home in a way where, you know, you've been in your comfortable environment. Um, I think that that does have an impact. Um, but I think that, you know, obviously it's going to be filled with fans of both teams. It's going to be filled with celebrities. So it's not going to matter in that regard. Um, just kind of, you know, it's a normal practice routine for them in their normal place and their normal locker room. That kind of stuff is kind of, that mm-hmm. does factor in, mm-hmm. I think. Um, yeah, you're right. It's, I, I just, ha- I have a hard time believing that a team that has been seven and two in the regular season on the road and then winning two giant games in Tennessee and then in what's called the loudest stadium ever, I guess, in Arrowhead. <laughs> we made turn that right into Burrowhead Stadium real freaking quick. Um, sure did. Yeah. yeah. Did. Oh, no, I don't worry about our guys mm-hmm. at all. Right. Like playing on the road, they're fantastic on the road. I'm yeah. just saying it's a, maybe a little more comfortable than I'd like for L.A. I'll just sure. say that. <laughs> You're right. Right. I, I, I get you there. So the one thing that I hear a lot from the narrative is, uh, is this the youth on this team. And we are a very, very young team. And, you know, like 
many of us think we're a, we are a year ahead of where we you know we thought we would be we are definitely a year ahead we saw this coming next year but not definitely not this year do you think that the youth of this group and kind of what they don't know and basically kind of how hard it is to get to the super bowl i mean we haven't seen it since 88 do you think that plays to our advantage or do you think that plays to our disadvantage i mean I- We'll see on Sunday. I think it will play to our advantage, but that's because I'm that's because that's the way I see it. That's the narrative I want to go with. I'm right. sure you could spin it both ways. Um, I like that the pressure is kind of off because we don't know what it's like to, you know, <laughs> I mean, we don't know what it's like to be there before. Yeah. You know, it's exciting, it's fun, mm-hmm. it's fresh, it's just like you're living at the top of the mountain and you've never been to the bottom. Um right. but um I could see it the other way as well. I mean. You never know what it's going to be like if it's going to get in their heads, but I don't think it will. Yeah, but right. You never know. <laughs> yeah, the Bengals open up as a three and a half point dogs against the Rams. I think I believe it's at three and a half now. It opened up at four and a half. Excuse me, I misspoke. So it opened up at four and a half. That's a pretty solid line, especially considering that the Bengals line against the Kansas City Chiefs was seven and a half, and we were able to you know go out and obviously win the game. So do you think do you think that that was that line when it came out was that like yeah that's about that sounds about right about four and a half that's what you think it would have been Yeah it didn't surprise me uh I knew we would be underdogs but I thought that the Kansas City um line was like shocking I was surprised it was that much especially when we didn't beat them that month you know right. um but this one feels a little bit more right I think we're going to win but I'm not surprised yeah. we're underdogs by Sure right yeah, right. I, I'm not surprised either. You know, I'm definitely slamming that Bengals money line. It's, yeah. it's, been, it's been cash for me every single time. Works so for us. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just gotta keep, keep keep putting it down. Keep putting that trust in uh, Zach, Zachy T, and the boys. So again, like I said, opens up at four and a half. I forget the next question I was going to ask you. Again, I just think I've been gone all day. Oh man, I'm flustered. But that being said, it's you know at at SoFi again. I don't think I don't think we're going to lose. I do think this is a team that's going to win. Um, but when you're looking at when you hear from Rams fans and you hear from Rams media, if they don't win the Super Bowl, they are looking at this season as a failure. Is there anything in this game that could happen that would make you think that this Bengals season is a failure? This season if they lose, if they success. lose, I'm sorry. Yeah, yes. I mean it's a success as soon as we won that first playoff game as far as I'm concerned that was the expectation that I had for the team I know that's not the expectation that those guys had but that was what I wanted I I knew that this was going to be the year that we could you know get to the playoffs and win a game and that's exactly what we did and we've gone so much further than I was hoping at the you know week one but um no I think that I think that no matter what happens, this is a successful season. Absolutely. Us. Absolutely. The accolades are all there. Jamar Chase is definitely going to win rookie of the year without a doubt. Uh, Zach Taylor should win coach of the year, even though he probably isn't going to. And, and honestly, Burrow should win MVP, not comeback player of the year. He should win the MVP because I, I heard it on uh, coward uh, a little bit ago. He said, if you take Aaron Rodgers, who is probably going to win the, if you take him out of green Bay and you put Jimmy Garoppolo in, with Green Bay, they're still probably going to win. They're still probably going to make the playoffs, and that's because the NFC and their their division so poor. But if you take Burrow out of Cincinnati, you're not winning. Right? You're you're not. We're not even close to where we are right now. So, do you do you think Burrow deserves 
the MVP this year, or do you think it should outright go to Aaron Rodgers? I mean, I I think he is deserving of the MVP. I think that he definitely deserved to be more in the conversation than he was. I also mm-hmm. think that Aaron Rodgers is worthy. Um, I think that, unfortunately, I think that they decided that it was going to be Aaron Rodgers earlier in the season yeah. than maybe they should have. But mm-hmm. I think that he is very worthy of winning the MVP. I have a lot of friends who are green bay packers fans and i know what he means i know (laughs) (laughs) i know what he means to them though and as much as this year has been kind of up and down for aaron Rodgers, he has been he played very well this season and i don't think you can take that away from him i also think that joe burrow was at least worthy of being in the conversation i mean i obviously think as a bengals fan i think he should have won yeah right um uh, I definitely at least think that he should have been more in the conversation than he was. Mm-hmm. Let's go to the more important award, which I would say would be the Super Bowl MVP. Obviously, I think if you're looking at the Bengals, you're looking at Joe Burrow being the the front runner for the MVP. Let's take Joe Burrow out. Let's, he's gone. He's, the, he's not going to be the MVP, the Super Bowl MVP. Who can you see on this Bengals team being the Super Bowl MVP? So... The only other person I think has a real, real shot is probably um, Jamar Chase. Okay. Um, but, I mean, I would love to see, like, Mixon have a day like he had against the Raiders the first time we played him. And I think mm-hmm. that could be a storyline where he could end up getting it. Um, but I think it's going to be pretty hard for it to be anyone other than Burrow. Yeah, right. Uh, it's – it's. I'm a, yeah, I'm with you on that. If, if the Bengals – when the, when the Bengals win, it, they're going to look right at the quarterback. They're going to look at Joe Cool, and he's going to – Get the, the N the NVP, the Nickelodeon MVP, <laughs> which I think is way cooler than the uh, MVP. I'm the sorry. The picture is so cute. He's got like <laughs> so cute. I love it. it. And you know, as as Burrow been watching, you know, Nickelodeon all his entire life, and you and I have been watching Nickelodeon our entire lives and SpongeBob and everything. How cool would it be to get one of those orange blimps? Like, come on, that's a dream come true. Oh yeah. And get and to get slimed. slimed. Yeah. Oh, it, <laughs> That's a dream come true. It had to be a dream come true for Joe. For and, sure. Um, yeah. I'm going to give you a hot take. I think that there is a chance that Evan McPherson wins the MVP. I How can do see you that actually. That? Yeah. It becomes, I mean... Yeah. I mean, he had four field goals against the Titans, four field goals against the Chiefs. If he comes out and he has another four or five field goal day, which by the way, for all of our gamblers out there, Evan McPherson's line of field goals made is one and a half. That's a steal. That's that's oh, a yeah. steal because we're going to get stifled in the red zone. It's just kind of what happens uh, with our offense. Yes, yeah, slam that over. But I think <laughs> there is a great, great chance that Evan McPherson wins it. What do you think about that? I I didn't even think that. But, yeah, I mean, I could definitely see that narrative. I could see that happening easily. So mm-hmm. especially with how clutch he's been this entire playoff run. Mm-hmm. So I love it. It's- yeah, I so I asked I asked Strawberry Ice this uh, yesterday, and I'm gonna ask you this because it was kind of a it's kind of a we, we kind of went back and forth of who we thought could actually be it. So obviously the Ring of Honor comes out this year again. Great, loved it. I, I'm a huge fan of the Ring of Honor, but you look at this current Bengals team. We talked about it. This is probably the most exciting Bengals team that we've ever seen. Um, this is the, our most favorite locker room. If you had to find somebody not on the offensive side of the ball to go into the ring of, to eventually be in the ring of honor, who on the defense would you think has the best chance to be there? 
So as of this moment, and I know that there's recency bias to this, but I think that this might, I don't know, um, playoff P after he caught that interception, yep. I think that he has a real good shot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Breaking the curse. I mean, he's the curse breaker. He he's is the one a curse who did breaker. It. He's so... it. Yeah. And not only that, Jermaine Pratt has got to be the most improved player I have ever watched. Because when he first got here and I first saw him out there, he struggled. And I was not a fan of him. I'm like, we've got to move on. Like, he's not going to be good enough. When I thought, well, I was like, Marcus Bailey's going to come in and we got Logan Wilson and Keem Davis Gaither's going to come in and, and, you know, Jermaine Pratt's going to have to give up a spot. But he's really, really shown out. And like you said, he's the curse breaker. He got the interception. He stopped the Raiders from scoring. And now we're in the Super Bowl because of it. So Jermaine Pratt is a is a great uh, guest to see who would go into the Ring of Honor. I'm going to go with Logan Wilson. I that think he's got the other. most potential. Yeah, our two <laughs> linebackers. I think he's got the most potential. I think that I, I honestly, personally, I, I think wow. Well, besides Joe Burrow in that class, I think Logan Wilson was far and away the best pick. Getting him a third round was an absolute steal, and he, it's paid off in dividends. He, he's been great, and I think he's going to make multiple Pro Bowls. I think he's going to be a five-time Pro Bowler uh, from Cincinnati. He would have been this one this year if he didn't get hurt, but nonetheless, he's going to have a huge game uh, against the against the Rams here, but. That and being how said, cool is it yeah. that, like, if you would have said, like, three years ago that the linebackers would be such a strength of our defense, I, yes. mean, I think yes. <laughs> that would have been so yes. shocked. Yes. It's, it's been so fun to see that whole – that the growth from that whole room. A hundred percent. Yeah. And even abs- when there's an injury, the next guy comes in and he just steps right up. Mm-hmm. And it's been – oh, it's been so refreshing. It's I don't, great. It's like one part that I don't ever worry about is I know our linebackers are solid. Yeah, right. It's the that linebacking room that has been so decimated with injuries and, and mismanaged, you know, the, the linebacking room. It's amazing to see where it is now and that now it's gone from a huge weakness in this team to a huge strength in this team. Uh, so that tonight, NFL honors is tonight. We're we're all pulling for our the big Willie to get finally breakthrough, which he absolutely deserves to be in the the Hall of Fame. I'm giving up uh, 16 sacks in 14 years it is incredible, and especially when you know he was playing with a team that was you know not great at all. It, it's really hoping that he gets in. Do you think his name is going to be called tonight? I think it's his year. I think it has to be. It has I have to be, such right? a good feeling about it. I mean, mm. I'd be shocked if it if it wasn't. I think it's his year, and I'm so excited for him. Right. Give me three players on this current Bengals team now that you think will be in the Hall of Fame. Now you have to pick three. Okay. So Burrow. Burrow. Okay. Chase. Chase. There you go. Um. Who's that? Oh, the it's third. Tough. It is tough. I think, I think T. Higgins. I think maybe we yep. maybe would have two wide receivers um, from this mm. team that could be Hall of Famers. So absolutely, I, I think I when T when we first drafted T. Higgins, I, I thought same thing. I'm like, this guy's gonna be a baller. He's gonna be really really good, and he's he's shown out. And you know, with Jamar Chase being here, obviously his touches have gone down, but his production has gone up because of how good this Bengals team is around him. And I'm going to ask you a- another question here regarding the receivers room. Chris Collinsworth, another Bengals great, made the uh, proclamation. Big word there for you, boy. 
uh, <laughs> made the proclamation that Jamar Chase is not will be, but is the best wide receiver in the Bengals franchise history. I am in agreement with him. I am in agreement right now. I think he's the best to ever put on the uniform. What do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, it's so hard because I have such love for both Chad and AJ Green. And I think people forget how good AJ was for so long for us. Mm. Okay. But right. I do think uh it's so close. I think it I think he is the best though. I think it's about yeah. I think he's the best to yeah, I think he's the best. Yeah, I think so. But too. I think now, it's close. <laughs> you think it's close? Now, if you gotta rank those three, uh Jamar. Chad, AJ, what's what's the three? Well, give me your ranking. Okay, I think it is Jamar, AJ, Chad. I love you. Chad think AJ is better than Chad? Okay, all right, all right. <laughs> um, I'm gonna disagree with you on that. One, I but... love Chad. I think mm. they're all wonderful. Apparently, crazy. you don't love them enough. Apparently. Oh, don't uh, say that to me. <laughs> you know the love I have for I those know, boys. I know. I know, but one of the things that a lot of fans bring up when they talk about AJ Green and now now that I now I want to get into this because I've been fighting back and forth with some fans on this so I want to get your perspective as somebody that does think AJ Green is better than than Chad was uh one of the the knocks that was on not not knock but one of the things that excuses that AJ gets a lot is that he had Andy Dalton you know obviously having a bad quarterback but I think I thought everybody calling Andy uh, average to below average quarterback I disagree I, I think Andy Dalton was a um, above average quarterback, especially in 2015 when he had an absolute career year and he was having an MVP caliber season, if people remember. Um, but I, I think the slander on Andy Dalton is, uh, is, is is a little too much now, personally. And I think and I think that's one of the reasons why I'm putting Chad over AJ because I don't think AJ was able to elevate the rest of the team around him the way that Chad in the way that Jamar is able to do. Yeah, I think that I I love Andy Dalton. Um, I don't think that he is in the same quarterback class as like a Joe Burrow or a Aaron Rodgers or someone who can oh, yeah, yeah, literally right. put the entire team on your back. And that's what you know. I I I I don't know. I agree with that. No, right? Yeah, he's not he's not in that class. And, and I don't he... think you can expect a wide receiver to take on the entire role yep. of a quarterback and ele mm -hmm. put the whole team on a wide receiver's back the way that mm -hmm. a quarterback is able to do. I just right. don't think that's realistic. I think that it's it's kind of hard to compare like Carson Palmer and Joe Burrow to Andy Dalton. You know, I don't yeah. think that's because Andy Dalton is great and Andy Dalton was great for us for years and years. And like you said, he had an MVP caliber season. Um, but I just don't think that they're in the same category for no. me. Uh, yeah, I, I will absolutely agree with that. And, and your your point of, you know, elevating the rest of the team as a wide receiver is much, much, much different than, you know, being able to elevate the team as a quarterback. Yeah, I under I, I understand the argument for A.J. Green, and I get it. I just personally think that his inability to be on the field all the time is exactly what's killing him. I mean, uh, you're in the NFL, your best ability is availability. And, you know, A.J. has been out for you know, so long, but anyway, we don't have to worry about that now. Cause we do have Jamar chase. We do have the best Bengals wide receiver in the yeah. league playing in the freaking super bowl. Okay. We're playing. In the I know it, uh. don't, it doesn't even feel real. 
it doesn't I get excited real. every single time someone says it. Every mm -hmm. single time. It's been two weeks, and I'm like, I've been floating. It's been yeah. amazing. It, it's a, it's amazing. So, I get we got to close it out with what's your prediction for this game? What's the score? How's it gonna go? How can you see it ending? So I think it's gonna be more of a defensive game than yes. a lot of people are giving our defense credit. People are forgetting they're talking about Stafford and Cup, and it's like they're forgetting about their great defensive pieces on the Rams too. Um, so I think it's going to be a really defensive game, but I think that I think that it's going to be 28-21 with the winner for the Bengals. Hey, 28-21. So. You heard it here first. The Cincinnati Bengals are bringing home their first Lombardi Trophy. Everything is getting picked our way. Air Corgi who has picked us right yeah. every time, picks us <laughs> right again. And then the puppies on uh, Jimmy Fallon, Kim, whatever, he's one of them. They had the puppy race. It had the Bengals one winning. I think it's, this is it. This is our year. And, you know, it would be really funny on, it, on a personal level to watch the Rams throw so much money at a team and lose the Super Bowl to a team that is just beginning. And I think that's the most magical part about all of this. It seems yeah. like we, we're, we're, we are just starting and i'm so excited to see how whoever wins the super bowl how that's going to affect um the way that teams are constructed in the future because these are completely different worlds i yeah. mean totally different approaches and you wonder if how that's going to ripple across the league because it's kind of a copycat league people do what works mm -hmm. so right. it'll be fun it'll be fun to see the effects of this game Absolutely. So real quick before uh, I, I let you go here and you've given us about, about damn near an hour and I really, really appreciate it. Okay. Um, but you, let's look at a little bit towards next year. You look at the AFC North around us. Pittsburgh is, is really close to in shambles. They just hired Terrell Austin to be their defensive coordinator. And we all know how he turned out in Cincinnati. So I am a okay with that hire. I'm way a okay. They don't know who their quarterback is. Go to Cleveland again. It's the constant question: What are they going to do with Baker? And yeah, they they just don't know. It seems like the locker room is is at kind of wit's end, and, and don't really know exactly what the formula is going to be for winning. Now that you have a Super Bowl team inside of your division, then you look over at Baltimore. Yeah, they had some injuries this year, but consistently that they are a wild card team and consistently they get beat in the first round of the playoffs and consistently Lamar Jackson does not show up when he's playing a team that has a better defense. They, they just aren't. Are the Bengals set up for the next five years to win the AFC North? I mean, you can never guarantee it, but I like where we're sitting now and I like the chaos that's kind of happening throughout right. the AFC North. I love mm -hmm. to see, I love to see our rivals in shambles. Uh, it makes yep, me right. very happy, especially. Very, very Pittsburgh. happy. Yes. Um, yes, indeed. Give me all of the quarterback controversy in Cleveland. I mean, just give it to me. I think that when um, Lamar is healthy, I am a little bit more afraid of that team. Um, I'm not particularly – there's been a lot of turnover there, though. I mean, sure. there's been a lot of – I mean – Mark is gone. Yeah, he's gone. Yeah, gone. So it's going to be a completely different team. I like where we're sitting, though, and I think yeah. we have a shot to win. The I, We're going to be probably the favorites for at least the next – couple of years i would think. you would think so right yeah, yeah you think so with 40 million under the cap left to spend next year and how well that the the organization especially over the past two years has been able to spend a lot of money but yet still stay comfortably very very comfortably under the cap 
Uh, so that way you're set up for years on end. I mean, I if you're another AFC North team, I don't know how you're not terrified for the next. Oh yeah, that you're gonna get ran. And don't you also think that it's pretty hilarious that in the Browns all-in year they don't even make the playoffs and the Bengals go to the Super Bowl? This has got to be a worst nightmare scenario for Browns fans. Well, I know, and they have to watch um, Odell Beckham Jr. Yeah. <laughs> and then the Bengals. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yes. oh, what oh, a shoot. mess! But yeah, totally. Yeah. It's incredible. Um, well, yeah. Kay, I very, very much appreciate you coming on. It's been a great show. Love to have you on. Please tell everybody where exactly they can find you on Twitter, podcasts, and whatever you're doing in your uh, media life, as it may. Yeah, follow us on Tigers Talk Pod on Twitter and our show on YouTube, Tigers Talk. Um, you can follow me on Twitter. I'm case welbs just mm -hmm. like it says right there yep, so, right there uh, case welbs <laughs> at case welbs on twitter yeah that's where you can find me i'm also on instagram but not very much so <laughs> also on instagram but not very much there you go well speaking of instagram I, I feel like that it's only appropriate that i have to address my audience as a, a picture man today i know you're you're very excited to uh talk about this uh but oh <laughs> went off um yeah, no, that's real, and that's me, and that's one of my very, very uh, close uh, Hude family member, or not family member, oh, God. No. <laughs> oh, Hude, no. Bengals <laughs> community people, uh, and we are very, we very much, we, uh, yeah, so we were having a great time at Bengals Gym, so, I mean, what could you say? And I, the funny thing was, is, like, after I did text, I was like, do you see any, did you see any cameras? She said, no, but I know Kay was watching, and I was like, oh, okay, great, awesome. <laughs> That's going to be great when that comes out on Tiger's Talk. <laughs> but it was all good. And I, I, it's honestly a great – when you look at it, it's a great picture. So I, I I can't even deny it. It's a great picture. Oh, yeah. It's the one – it's the kiss that sent us to the Super Bowl. So, I, I mean, you know. That's great. I yeah, love that. Go. So we're embraced. We, it's, it's an embrace. It's an embrace. But anyway. So, Kay, it's been absolutely awesome to have you on. Thank you so much for coming on again, for real. Thanks for having me. It's been a blast. Absolutely. So you can find Kate Swelves at Kate Swelves on Twitter. You can also find her on the Tigers Talk podcast. When are you guys going live next? Um, I don't think we've decided yet, um, mm -hmm. but we will put it on the Twitter account for the podcast when we're going to go live. Great. Awesome. So go follow at Tigers Talk to go find out when their next podcast is and go join. And it's super fun to watch their podcast. They engage with their fans every single week. They do different segments. I forgot my tinfoil hat. I was going to wear it, and I, I was a little too late. I was like, damn it. As soon as I got on, I forgot about it. But anyway, yep, put on the tinfoil hat. Let's go. And it's not, it's not a conspiracy theory anymore. The Bengals are in the Super Bowl. And Case Wells is calling a 28-21 victory over the Rams. Okay, again, it was great to have you. This has been the Cincinnati, the back row Cincinnati Bengals show. All Dubai fan sided.com. I am your host, Josh Miller. Thank you so much for listening. And uh, real quick before we go, we're going to go over some just overall season numbers. Uh, we reached over 1,500 followers on Twitter. Our highest uh, listened to episode uh, was 2,000 listeners. That is a number I never thought I'd get this podcast to, and especially not this year. So I want to thank all the fans and everybody and all of the Bengals Twitter community for promoting the show and, and coming on and you know, great people like Case Wells and great people like Jer Bear and uh, Strawberry Ice and Jess and Captain Obvious and, you know, Tony the Tiger and, and so, so many other others that, you know, they're 
you know, this, we got too much time. We'd be here all day if you talked about <laughs> Bengals community. But anyway, this has been the Back Row Cincinnati Bengals show. Follow me on Twitter at Back Row Bengals. Thank you so much for listening. And let's go win us a freaking Super Bowl. I'm going on later tonight with the EMQ podcast who talk a little bit about Bengals. I'm going to tweet that out a little bit later. Thank you all so much for listening and a solid, huge hootay. Enjoy your weekend.